0: But your eyes tell you it's true! Shout! I'll turn
2: up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck.
3: And welcome to episode 209 of the Kaiju Cast Day podcast, 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the third episode of July 2017. Really squeaking in right at the end of the month here with our Daikaiju discussion for... Daigoro versus Goliath, which is going to be interesting. <laughs> Joining me here in the studio, we have Clancy Peterson. Hello, everyone. And Gretchen Brooks. Hi. Not to mention Dave Helfrey. Hey Kyle! Hi Dave. How are you? I'm doing really well, actually. Hey. Um, I come to the weirdest movies, here, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. And my okay. schedule
1: always opens up for just like Death Kappa and Big Man Pan. Japan. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Like, and one. now, and now this bad boy. I am.
3: Let's, let's go. <laughs> well, uh, the good news is we have. This is a great crew for us to watch this movie. I don't know what you guys know about it going into it. We're going to get into that soon, uh, but there's some slight relevance that I'd like to hit before we get into the movie that has nothing to do with our discussion. This is going to be a long episode. We have not only our discussion, we have a ton of news to cover, some catastrophic events, some housekeeping stuff, of all things to talk about, and uh, Clancy and I were at uh, G-Fest two weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, something like that. And uh, I thought we could take a little bit of time, just talk a little bit about our experience this year. I'm imagining, Clancy, you had a pretty good time. We have the Ultraman ramen timer here, so we don't go too long in this conversation. So I'm going to hit it now, and I think that means you have three minutes before the timer starts going crazy, which is going to be annoying. So, (laughs) Clancy, are you ready to talk about G-Fest? I'm ready. Let's do it. Can you even understand what that was? I think that was (laughs) (laughs) something having to do with Ultraman.
1: Oh, that's, there ball, that's the ball. That's theory, ball. Time. ball. Time okay, we'll see how there,
3: this yeah. goes. All right, go well, for no it. I
1: want
4: ramen. Yeah. So uh, this was my second year going into G Fest, and uh, I kind of expected it to be a better experience. Not that last time was bad, but I expected it to be better than the last go around, and mm-hmm. it definitely proved to be the case. I mean, walking into that place, uh, first thing, you know, I came in a little late on Thursday night, um, but then right first thing Friday morning, kind of. Walked down to the little breakfast area to get started, and ran into you and a table of all your buddies and Jessica, who was on the trip to Japan with us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, getting some introductions, shaking hands, meet meeting new friends like from the very beginning, uh, hugging old friends. Uh, at that point, I think like Michi from M1 kind of dropped out of the buffet area and oh ra- yeah yeah ran over. Yeah. It's and gave so me good a hug. to see them. Yeah.
3: Sorry, I'm going to let you go. Oh though. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is your time, Mister Hand. Um,
4: and yeah, I mean, I was already walking through the halls and kind of running into people from the listener party last year. Uh, Ken Hall, Andrew Hall. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. they stopped me and started having a conversation, you know, just get right into the Godzilla and all the other cool little conversations <laughs> that you have there. Um, but yeah, I mean, really just like what I had expected was to have that sense of just revisiting old friends and making new friends. And yeah, I walked out of that with a great bunch of memories with old friends. And I definitely made a lot of new friends. So it was, it was awesome.
3: That is rad. I think the F and G fans should stand for friends, but uh, that's dorky, and I admit that. (laughs)
5: That was a dad joke.
3: That that wasn't even a dad joke. That was like a granddad joke. (laughs) If you ask me, Clanchier, the F
5: stands for friendship. The A
3: stands for always. And the G stands for get off of my lawn, you damn kids. (laughs) Oh man, yeah, I uh, I had a great time at G Fest. I will say it the same thing as Clancy, seeing my friends there is why I pretty much go. I mean, obviously, the podcast is also why I pretty much go, but seeing my friends there every year is the best. I want to publicly thank G Fest and the crew behind whoever uh nominated me and then voted for me to win the Hall of Fame award this year, which was like Yay. Super awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. So
1: much love for the Kyle. So much
3: love. Yeah, and it is. It's for me, not for the Kaiju cast, not for the documentary. It's for me. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like really <laughs> kind of blown away by it. I kind of wish I, I had the video. I, I'm going to say this on the show. I kind of wish I had a video from the award ceremony because I have no idea what I set up on that <laughs> stage. And I have no idea how Stan Hyde introduced me. So... I'm kind of like, oh, there's this blank spot in my memory where I was like trying to think of something to say, and then I got up there and I was like, "Hey, everybody!" <laughs> I'm sure I said some <laughs> awesome stuff. i probably the best speech I've ever given in my life.
4: It was it was pretty good. Uh,
3: <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I,
4: I mean, I actually do remember what you said, but but he's gonna but keep it a secret. Yeah, because it was actually a little embarrassing. But oh no, man. no, no! <laughs> I, I, but I do, I do know that you. You did get up there and you asked, you know, who in the audience was a listener of the Kaiju cast. And there was definitely a lot of support in the audience. Yeah, there were a lot of hands um, up. That was fun. Yeah. Which, you know, we kind of both, I think, saw through the whole weekend. And it was awesome to see and speak to everybody that kind of listens to what we do here. But uh, I think my ramen timer failed. You guys.
3: <laughs> Balton, <laughs> you've disappointed me anyway.
4: But, yeah, I mean, I kind of like how they did that anyway because didn't they used to do the award ceremony during like a little luncheon or whatever? Yeah, whatnot? I think it was like a luncheon, and something like that. Kind of felt like I hit the opening ceremonies and that closing little ceremonies with the awards and kind of caught the end of that Jeopardy thing. And um, I thought it was kind of cool how they rolled all that out. Uh, I know you got the award, but they also gave one to Sean Lincolnback, who we've chatted with. Yeah. Yeah, podcast. he was on the podcast um, in
3: January for the emergency broadcast. And then – Jeff Horn was the other guy. Jeff Horn basically is one of the dudes that runs G Fest. He's the one I work with almost, not entirely, but like he's he's one of the guys I work with when I'm like, "Hi, I'd like to interview the guests, please." Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. He's a great dude. Yeah, so does so much.
4: So yeah, it was a lot of fun watching that, and then of course that segued into the awards for the guests that were from over from Japan, and
3: yeah, that was amazing too.
4: Then dipped right into the costume contest and into, of course, our listener party. And it was just a awesome night.
3: I think this year's listener party was pretty amazing. The only thing we didn't do this year or last year, now that I think about it. So listeners, next year, don't let us forget. We need to take a big group photo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like we used to do it when it was inside. Now we need to do it when it's outside. Actually, this might be the third year we've forgotten to do that. So womp, womp. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Anyway. The uh, fans that's, are going to turn on you, man. <laughs> don't turn on me. <laughs> They're going to turn on you. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm enjoying a nice smooth beer right now. <laughs> okay. So I think what we should do is we should play a little music and then uh, get right into our movie. <laughs> Come back. Once again, class, it is time for our Daikaiju discussion. Every month, the Kaiju Cast takes a look at one particular film from the giant monster landscape and tasks the listeners with submitting their thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following discussion episode. Now, for any listeners that have only recently joined us and have stuck through us while we're doing these <laughs> recent movies, uh, it is going to get better. We are uh, wrapping up. <laughs> the, we're wrapping up the films that I really never uh, thought I would add to the list of Daikaiju discussions. Uh There are a few that I wasn't even aware of, really, until we started getting into this uh segment of the podcast. But that brings us to this month's movie, which is Kaiju Daifun-Sin Daigoro Tai Goraesu, which was released December 17th, 1972. You know, the common name here is Daigoro versus Goliath, which is interesting to say, da- you know, Goliath. Yeah. Kind of gave me the whole, like, David and Goliath thing. Which didn't really—I don't know. Yeah, it did. Because he was small. He, he was wasn't smaller. that small. He, was he wasn't small that small. <laughs> he, was,
1: he could yeah. jump on his back. He was the underdog. Maybe maybe when <laughs> the they named
3: underdog. it, he was supposed to be smaller. But that's what I was saying. Uh, that that yeah. suit actor in the Goliath suit was not <laughs> big enough to fill it out. Anyway, uh, this was absolutely, without a doubt, made for children. Uh, I was specifically produced by Toho and Tsuburaya for the Toho Champion Matsuri Film Festivals that would run, from what I understand, they would run during the breaks in spring, summer, and winter from school so kids would have things to do. Reminds me of when I was a kid, my mom would drop us off at the theater, and I'm sure for like five bucks, we could get like maybe like six different things in. Sometimes they're TV shows, sometimes they're movies, cartoons, et cetera, all just in kind of like an afternoon. And then she wouldn't have to deal with our crazy, insane, sugar-fueled rampages (laughs) through the house. Uh, so I'm assuming that's the same thing, you know, the Champion Matsuri Film Festival. This also played in the very same, uh, you know, time slot. The, you know, if you went to go see this in the theater, uh, it played with the Champion Matsuri cut of Destroy All Monsters Uh-oh. and an mm-hmm. animated film called Panda Go Panda. Now, the reason I'm, Even giving information. We
1: watched it out of context, is what you're saying.
3: (laughs) No, I don't think so, my friend. (laughs) I don't think that context really would have helped, would it? (laughs) No. Well, when I juxtaposition this film with an animated panda film, (laughs) it gets infinitely better. No, I don't think so. So basically, the reason I'm even sharing any of this information is because there really wasn't a lot of information about Daigoro versus Goryasu. So Here's what I can tell you. IMDb has like two people listed on their website for this, this movie. That's bogus. Because Kisugoro Onizawa was played by Shinsuke Minami, who is a comedian, a TV entertainer, and uh, a host, like TV host. I'm assuming he's kind of like Jimmy Fallon in Japan. <laughs> and he starred in Kurosawa's first color film ever called Dodesuka Den. Next up, Psycho, who is the zookeeper, he's the guy that we see sort of like really feeling badly for the monster for he Daigoro. Yeah, he cries yeah. a lot. Uh he is played by Kosaka Kazuya and that is a singer and actor who is quite popular in the 60s in Japan. Uh he was actually even one of Toho's young guy films and acted steadily until his death in 1997. Earlier when I was talking to Lady Kyle about this film, I told her that there were like no familiar faces. And I am wrong. Because Suzuki, who is like the, the zookeeper's boss, basically, that was played by Akiji Kobayashi, aka Captain Mura or Muramatsu from the Ultraman Science Patrol. He's been in a bunch of other stuff, including Kamen Rider. Mm-hmm. So during the, during the movie, when there was the president that the kids were trying to get money from, if you're watching the same cut we watched with the subtitles, they were trying to raise money for Daigoro and there was a, hot chick who, like, talked the guy into donating, and then all the kids were like, hey, the president's gonna give all this money away, and then all this stream of children came out of nowhere. That actor was Nita from Godzilla vs. the Sea Monsters. He was one of the dancing teens that ended up being one of the main protagonists of the film. And last but not least, for familiar faces, the child actor who played Taro, which is the nephew of the inventor guy, that was played by Tomonori Yazaki, who also played Ichiro in All Monsters Attack, a.k.a. <laughs> Godzilla's Revenge. What? So if you were wondering, so you know, why he was a one-hit wonder, he wasn't. He was a two-hit wonder. He's a two-hit wonder, <laughs> at least. So. That
5: explains why they showed those two together, right?
3: <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I don't know. I mean, basically, I didn't even realize that until we were watching the film tonight. And I was like, oh, I think that's the kid from Godzilla's Revenge Mm -hmm. and what do you know it was I mean I think all that stuff's really interesting you know I love I love it when you can sort of connect people to other films so we had you know a whopping three familiar faces you know Gretchen and I have uh, a mild fascination with Japanese culture and so we were talking a little bit about the different I don't know Japanese tropes that we were seeing like the um, the guy who plays uh, the guy who plays Kuma is like has a really staccato really harsh like
5: yeah very uh
3: very hard to listen to i'm sure if you're japanese because it's like (laughs) if you're japanese and you don't hear that a lot it's very quiet everybody talks very quietly and that's the kind of like over the top comedic acting that we were looking up because he there was another guy he was acting with and that was like manzai which is a japanese comedy style I wanna make this movie like interesting behind the scenes ways that you know, you'd watch it and go, Wow, that was a crap movie, but let me tell you about some cool, interesting stuff about it. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to fill this uh up anymore though.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like smart kids films, you know, that kind of maybe that's the idea behind it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, Now, the only other thing I'm going to do before we get into our actual discussion, because maybe this will help us do with the discussing, under a special section in Steve Rifle's book called Monster for Hire, he has a little essay written by a guy named J.G., which would be funny, like, so, so funny if that was, like, literally, it's spelled out J-A-Y-G-H-E-E, and it would be hilarious to me if it, it was just J. G, which stood for Japanese Giants, which meant that Ed Gojicheski was actually writing this Mm. article here. Mm. I'm not saying that's the case, but they're good friends. They're very good friends. (laughs) Anyway, so J.G. writes to say in this book... That in the early 1970s, with the movie industry in a deep financial and creative void, Toho began farming out its giant monsters for use in other productions. It's well known that Godzilla, King Ghidra, and Gigan all made appearances on the Zone Fighter TV series. Unbeknownst to even many Japanese fans, the studio also agreed to loan Godzilla to Suburaya Productions for a juvenile feature film which, fortunately, was never made. Kodansha's Encyclopedia of Godzilla reveals that after Tsuburaya produced the children's monster film Daigoro vs. Goliath, the movie we watched this evening, the commercial success of that project prompted the studio to hatch a new feature film for small children. The idea man behind this new film was producer Noboro Tsuburaya, who wanted his father's most popular creation to star in a film for his own company – The timing of this kind of project coincided with Godzilla's ever-emerging role as a superhero defender of the planet, and with Tsuburaya as Japan's premier producer of live-action superhero fare, such a film seemed a logical step for the monster star. Uh, Now, it goes on to talk about the movie a little bit. Now, this would have been called Godzilla versus Red Moon. And I'm not going to just read the entire thing. But basically, if you're interested in this, it's part of uh, Steve Rifle's Japan's Favorite Monstar, an unauthorized biography of the Big G. Now that we've gotten all that out of the way, (laughs) ladies and joins, uh, let's uh, go to our normal discussion. First up, Clancy, had you ever seen this movie before?
4: No, I had not watched this film before
3: what did you think coming into it? Did you have any expectations based on artwork you may have seen or anything else?
4: Yeah. So coming into it, I saw the poster art that you had posted. Mm -hmm. um, And there was even, you had posted a comment about it just being a strange, you know, you know, strange movie in the history of these films. Um, And I just, I hadn't not, I didn't really know what to expect, but I will say that, from the poster and then like kind of from that description, mm-hmm. I was kind of more expecting some kind of like trippy 70s uh-huh. vibe film. <laughs> oh, um, interesting, interesting. Almost like Hetera, but even weirder. Yeah. Uh, and definitely sat down to watch a kid's film. Um, <laughs> I still had some fun with it, but it was definitely a lot different than I was expecting. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Although I do think it was... Quite the tale of one man making the ultimate sacrifice of abstaining from alcohol (laughs) to save the entire (laughs) to save (laughs)
3: it's a very selfless sacrifice yes to give up your sake i guess anyway
4: and spoiler alert he does finally get to return to his love of drinking at the end which was quite satisfying
3: (laughs) especially as a beer drinker right fellow beer drinker i agree a
4: lot of fun to see them with their giant mugs of beer (laughs) um but yeah all right gretchen Interesting story
3: here, backstory for the listeners. Gretchen thought she was gonna be super late tonight. So, so
5: I pre-watched
3: it. <laughs> yeah, so she decided she wanted to watch it ahead of time. Oh
1: my god, you've seen oh, it Brave Soul.
5: I did.
3: Yeah, oh. did you watch the whole thing before? Or? No, I fell asleep. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah what? Shocker of shocks. So what did you uh what did you think coming into it today, since you were able to sit down and start, not fresh necessarily, but start your second viewing. Or your 1.5 viewing fresh.
5: <laughs> well, it man, things made a little bit more sense because you know how sometimes you'll put a movie on the background and then kind of walk away, and then you look back and be like, "What just?" freaking happened yeah there was a lot of those moments and now i got a little more continuity of story <laughs>
3: <laughs> thank goodness if you want to call it thank that. goodness i'm sure it made a huge
1: huge difference huge
5: yeah. difference <laughs>
1: okay there was so, still
5: like those all those little tropes about the women and stuff like i kept calling them older women and the women would get really offended
3: i loved that that I thought was, that was spectacular. hilarious hilarious Call me old. I'm, I'm only gonna give you 10 yen now.
5: <laughs> Instead of what it was like a thousand yen? Yeah, or I think it was like ten that?
3: bucks. Went from ten bucks to ten yeah. cents. <laughs> so, Dave, had you ever seen Diagoro versus Goliath before? I had not. Well, I this is, I'm glad uh, this could yeah, be your
1: first. Yeah, yeah. Now that uh, um I uh, I'm a little bit of a completist. Mm-hmm. I knew this movie existed. uh <laughs> So I knew that someday I wanted to see it. (laughs) Uh, And here, no, no, no. It's like, but really when you get right down to it, I really only have one complaint about this movie. Okay. I'm an adult man.
3: Yes, yes. So
1: there is nothing in this movie for me whatsoever. Yeah. We're all adults here, (laughs) at least
3: in actual age. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: You know, I was kind of hoping, sort of like Clancy was talking about, not that I was expecting this, Super trippy thing. Although I will say I appreciate the hell of them ending the movie on a poop joke. Yes. That yes. Th- that's that sort of redeemed the movie to a point uh for me. But um I was thinking kind of like uh,
3: strong ending. You, strong know, you know, strong ending.
1: strong, strong ending. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I was I was really kind of expecting the the the, the music to go whackity schmackity do yeah. and then roll credits <laughs> on that one, but not quite. Um kind of like the magic serpent. You know, mm-hmm. or like some of these kind of off brand yeah. yeah. movies they are still for kids, but still have this kind of like, you know, excitement to them and everything. It's like, I still love The Magic Serpent. I think mm-hmm. there, that, that one's really, yeah. really fun and everything. Um, although definitely aimed for kids. This one is, you know, I, I'm assuming this is aimed at like eight year olds, you know, or like a, like a, like a very, like a very young movie and a little, schizophrenic you know in in it's you know the, you know when when goliath first appears and all of a sudden the music gets really serious and there's lightning and the whole thing (laughs) and then like you know 10 minutes later we're back to the fat guy making faces because he can't drink sake i mean it's you know or Mm -hmm. you know or you know or the uh you know the 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 not old woman getting upset because the kids mm-hmm. think she's old. Just like yeah. these little wacky three stooges bits thrown in against the background. You gotta keep those
3: gags alive so that they become yeah, throughputs you know. for the kids. You know,
1: but I mean like but of course for a an eight year old viewer, they're not gonna care. They're gonna be laughing their butt off. They're gonna think yep. they're gonna think it's great. And you know, and and so I think that explains you you mentioned the commercial success. Mm-hmm. And I was like, first you said that my thought was really, and he was like, no, of course it's for, it's for kids. It's, you know, I've, I've taken my kid to see some really bad movies, you know, in the last five years or so. And he loved them all. He thought we're trying to make it through boss baby right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know. Right. And it's (laughs) like, but he's loving it because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't care. And, uh, so. It's it's hard, to, you know. I can I can I can respect where it came from, and like you say, from sort of a kaiju completist standpoint. Sure,
3: yeah. Now
1: I can say, all right. Diagoro versus Goliath. I'm check that one off and uh, putting it away forever. For, yeah, but, yeah. putting, it, putting Late it away forever.
5: 5 years, watch it again. Yeah.
1: No. 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 No, no. no there won't be any need for that.
3: <laughs> I think there are movies that I would watch 50 times in order to avoid watching Diagoro versus Goliath yeah. Goliath for an, another time in 5 years. And
1: whenever yeah. we see a movie like this, it just it just my my appreciation for Death Kappa just grows.
5: <laughs> <laughs> is that your one of your favorites?
3: Oh, <laughs> it is now. Oh, Gretchen. Uh, I missed I, I
5: love that movie as it's ridiculous, but I've like I've missed the discussion on this. Uh, Damn. I
3: wouldn't say you necessarily missed it, Gretchen. <laughs> yeah. But no. I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's
1: like you know. You think you you think you've seen the bottom of the barrel, and you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> the, so wrong. That barrel is so deep.
3: Yeah, it's so deep. You Kyle. had no idea that there was another the level dip, of barrel. The yeah. depths. Yeah, that, that barrel goes to. I so mean, yeah. it, for me, so for me, I had actually never really seen this movie. I'd turned it on and, like you said, Gretchen, kind of got bored and walked away and came back. I don't know if I ever actually truly finished it because I probably just side hopped onto another film yeah. or something. But uh, now I'm you? glad I know. Right. <laughs> With all of those options I have here. Right. <laughs> like It's like, uh, I guess I'll just let this play out. Yeah. But uh now we've seen it and I paid wicked attention to it. And <laughs> I, I don't necessarily think that I'm worse off for it, but I don't think that I'm necessarily better off for it either. Uh, initial thoughts. I, I don't hate it. It's uh I understand why it exists. And I think that's probably the best thing I could say about it right now. Uh Clancy, what was your favorite aspect of Daigoro versus Goliath?
4: Well, I mean, I did enjoy, as I mentioned before, that Kuma character. And some of the comedy was a little fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, it did kind of border on childish at times, but it was enjoyable. But I will say the one moment where I kind of perked up was – uh right in the beginning when they're kind of going through the origin or building up the story. And then all of a sudden on the screen pops this giant monster with like this wicked long. Yeah. Like, Man. Rad. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is so <laughs> this, like, I thought this was Goliath. So I'm like, this is so right. met- metal. This guy's like whipping <gasps> his head around yeah. and just like doing the destruction of the typical, like industrial area of Japan.
3: Yeah, for sure.
4: And then I, Quickly realized that it was supposed to be the mom. Now that didn't make it necessarily bad, but I thought that the the mother was a way cooler monster than when Goliath oh, came totally. in later. Totally, yeah. Um, and I just I like maybe there are other kaiju that have. I mean, I know there are. Have to be with like the oh my the hair, but I just thought God. it was really cool. Dikoro um, is yeah. Bambi. I just, yeah. I just I just I <laughs> just put that together now. Oh,
1: what? Well, no, because they shoot his mom. They like blow the back of they her head do. off. Yeah, that girl's Bambi. That's oh, w-
5: this movie just changed.
1: Oh,
3: <laughs> I don't know. See, I think that the, might make it more depressing. We know.
1: We like. We caught the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Thing yeah, with right. Because yeah. like, you know, the inventor, you know, the, wacky. Inv- the wacky inventor with his inventions, and oh, you know, this all, you know. Uh, the weird uh, Pee-wee Herman yard he had yes. and everything yeah. like that. But now the it's like, oh, it's like they yard, totally, yeah. they totally bambied him. <laughs> oh, that's gross. That's okay. Now, now I actually, I, that's, that's my favorite part of the movie right there. All right. You know, like, all right. It. So
3: we'll skip over you for the favorite. That is dark.
1: <laughs> all right. I'm in now. I'm back in. All right. All right. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, and
4: I, I just, I enjoyed that, but also um, I did find some of the musical elements of the film to be pretty enjoyable. I mean, even with that scene with the mother, Um, when it kind of needed to shift into some dark moments and whatnot, the music seemed appropriate. Uh, there were another, a few things obviously that were making it stand out as a kid's film where they had even had, and again, I don't know if this was stuff that was added post 1971, but they had some, what appeared to be like sing-alongs going Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. with the Mm -hmm. bouncing ball and everything. Well, I think Um, the
3: bouncing ball might have actually just been the fan sub. Yeah, that's what because I, I didn't sure. see. Ah, okay, so okay. just uh, for the listeners out there, we watch the fan sub made by No fan sub. I think is what they're called. Uh, they're awesome, and they do a very, very. They're very good and thorough. They subtitle things that are on screen for you sometimes. So if somebody's reading an article and you can see the headline, they'll subtitle the headline. Maybe like caption underneath the there's photo some or good, something some like good that. Subtitles. Mm. And so mm. when you're watching the songs, they have the Japanese up top but it's the Romanji version Romanji is the English letter Mm. equivalent so instead of it having Japanese characters to say Konichiwa it says K-O-N-N-I-C-H-I-W-A anyway so they had the the Romanji up at the top with the little bouncing ball thing and then on the bottom they had the translation so I think that was not in the original film but also
5: that the blinky bits like all that yeah I think the the subtitlers did all
3: of that yeah
5: but Nicely done subtitles. Already. Well
4: done. That's no, strong. Yeah. But yeah, as a, as a kid, I was always into like, let's say, and again, I, I'm not Japanese, so I can't judge how well this works for Japanese children, but say like a film like Pete's Dragon or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I really dug that kind of stuff where you've got yourself this little fun monster. I, I would probably argue that Pete's Dragon is a way better film than what we watch. Right. Safe to right. say. Um, but you know, that was probably some similarities, though, uh, I actually, would, now that I'm thinking about it, I would think so, because I, I was kind of getting a bit of that vibe. And I instantly thought of that when it was bringing up the songs and whatnot. But yeah.
3: Yeah. Those sort of like lesser known live action Disney films that have a little bit of cartoony stuff yeah. in them where they're set in like, oh, like yeah. we said, chitty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, you know, and yeah, like I haven't seen Pete's Dragon since I was a kid. But the fact that they live in like a small town and like, yeah, I don't think any of this is really set in Tokyo because there it's a bunch of people that live near It's
5: islandy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, Goro yeah. Jima, I believe is the Island. But anyway, that's cool. Yeah. I, Hey, see, I'm hmm. reevaluating this position, this movie's Layers. position. I don't know if it's going to, anything's going to get it up above whatever the next <laughs> movie is. The number, <laughs> Coming in at number three hundred and twenty-three, Diagoro <laughs> versus Golden.
1: Yeah,
3: uh, Gretchen, what did you love most about this fun family romp?
5: Well, like everybody else, I love like the tropey, like Japanese um, stuff with like the the comedic duo and the again with the women who are like totally insulted by their age <laughs> being woman. I yeah, understand.
3: Yeah. So like, let so You had called me, I get it. Both uh, the the. I guess the niece of the, the niece inventor is having
5: her marriage ceremony. Yeah, her invitation. Yeah. Or yeah, so that's Mar- a, that's an interesting marriage interview. Definitely yes.
3: something you're not going to get in an American film. <laughs> uh, the, the, arrange, marriage the the arranged, the marriage wedding. arrangement stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're already way phased out by 1972. Yeah. So that but must they were be island like, life. That must be like a sign of desperation, right? I'm uh, guessing. Yeah. Well, they, they kept guessing.
5: saying how old she was, so I guess they were trying to say she was like. She was a hag, as far as they were concerned. Or an old maid. <laughs> I think that's the term I would use. I
3: think a hag is a witch, isn't it? Anyway. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So, Dave, favorite.
1: <laughs> well, so. you
3: know, now I'm I'm still
1: tripping out on the Bambi analogy that we were talking about a few minutes ago.
3: You know, I'm not going to go
1: so far as to say that I enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's just because it's so not made for us. Yeah. Sure. yeah. You yeah. Know? You know, but I'm, you know, I'm glad I saw it. Like I said, I'm familiar with the movie. I had always seen pictures of it in Mm -hmm. books about kaiju films and wonder, you know, I knew that it was not readily available at my uh, hometown blockbuster or wherever I was trying to find something. So I was always sort of, I always had this fascination with the movie. Now I have seen it. I no longer have a fascination with (laughs) it. Fascination. (laughs) Fascination (laughs) satisfied. Yeah. So, um, you know, from, from that standpoint, uh, you know, now like, we can we can chalk this up. We have all seen it. We can say that we saw it, if anybody ever asks. We can warn them. David's finished watch it.
3: talking about the movie. Yeah. No. You know?
1: no. But no, but it but I do think I do think that it is interesting that there were these obvious, obvious now, Disney idioms mm-hmm. that they yeah. had taken. It was like the like the chitty chitty bang bang thing was very obvious during right. with the with the uh, the inventions and the the weird house and the the uh, the 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 crazy adult who the flying bicycle the flying bicycle yeah, totally, yep. like that. and um, yeah and then they killed his mom
3: <laughs> right <laughs>
1: wasn't
5: there so, a wacky inventor in Monster Island
3: uh, there was a wacky inventor in All Monsters yes. Attack All that Monsters Attack yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. played and, by Asae Amamoto yes
5: so. It's kind of a bar. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what
3: I was kind of making fun of the uh, saying, "Oh, Japan must have been really lousy with inventors right yeah. now." Yeah. <laughs> in, in this time period. Uh I guess for me, I would say my favorite aspect and like bear with me while I say this. I think my favorite thing about this movie was the special effects. I'm not talking about the suits. That is or fair. Or the oh, suitmation. That's yeah. no, that's fair. But uh like okay, two examples. One Dave mentioned it while we were watching it. The compositing that they did, while Diagora was sleeping on the beach, and you had people walking behind him, looked so real, surprisingly good for nineteen. So real, yeah. And then for this style of film, when he oh, yeah. so when for the inventor, budget and everything, obviously. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so when the inventor Onizawa had his you know weird ideas, you got to get past the whole spotlight. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that he's like split himself into two people, or whatever that actually was supposed to mean, kids. You tell me when he left the house and went out on that sort of like composited, yeah, like thing where he's like walking real fast next to the cars, walking around all those people running up the hill. Like that was so well done. That was not badly done. So so even well it, done. They even
1: they even composed a shadow into the scene when he was on the street. Yeah yeah. So they there was some there was some detail there. I noticed that was, that, like they they forgot the shadow in, in when he was running past the girls. Or oh sure,
3: yeah. But <laughs> I um, was too busy like going. How
1: did
5: they do that? Yeah. He's like working his yeah, way in between of,
1: them. That was that was kind of interesting. And the, the I noticed that they didn't. The compositing held up all the way up to the scene. Where the guys were riding Goliath, trying to put oh, the yeah. trying to put the horn condom Agreed. on it to keep so, right? so his powers in work. But I think the reason is because Goliath was moving, mm-hmm. and as opposed to uh, a, a more of a, a static, a static shot like when Daigoro was on the beach. Mm-hmm. But you, when Goliath was moving, you could see that. 1970s compositing outline. Oh yeah, around, for sure. Yeah. I, th- like, I was
5: thinking that was like maybe it was mm-hmm. warming up, but that no, now that you're, no, no it was cheap out. compositing. Ah, it was, well, it was. Yeah. say like cheap
1: compositing. It's like most movies, like science fiction movies and horror movies and things from that from that era, have that. Mm-hmm. That was that was the technology of the day. Yeah. You know, it's only it's only recently the compositing computer compositing has really gotten fairly smooth. seamless. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even then, you look at movies. They were made in like the 80s and 90s, and you put them on a Blu ray now, and you can see that the two, the two images, one of them is less saturated than the other. So it still stands out, mm-hmm. you know, on Blu ray and everything. But, um, no, it was tight. It was, it was surprisingly tight. Surprisingly it's some, good. Yeah, yeah in, for sure. In some sections. So, so yeah, you know, I, it, it kudos.
3: Yeah, Technically, gotta technica, hand it to you. Technical kudos yeah, yeah. Absolutely. For, uh,
1: some surprisingly good stuff there.
3: Alright. Well, the flip side of that conversation is talking about the things we hated, didn't like about the movie. I guess uh normally I try and couch it in terms of like, what would you change to make this movie better? Mm-mm. I guess now it's just sort of like what is the most annoying thing about this movie for you?
4: Um I well I'll just kinda say is that I don't like I don't have a problem with the Japanese films and TV shows that are actually more geared towards children because obviously mm-hmm. that was something they were moving towards with the Godzilla films. Um so there is something about this one that it holds my attention less than some of the stuff that they're doing. I I don't necessarily know exactly what it is that's going on. Um but there were moments like I think I said, you know, I'm not normally that person that's like, "Man, the action is finally happening." I've been sitting here looking at my watch. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is kind of one of those movies where I was kind of like, just kind of waiting for something to actually kick up. Yeah. And start When's happening? that monster showing up, yeah. guys? Could yeah, something yeah, explode, yeah, totally. please? Wasn't yeah.
5: there a Goliath in this? No. Okay. So
4: when, when, uh, when
3: Goliath comes and attacks the, the, uh, the refinery and Gretchen was like, why is this happening? (laughs) The answer is like, because this is what we've been waiting for. (laughs) Something good. No, (laughs) No. It's okay though, because I think it pretty much doesn't need to make sense for the kids. Right.
4: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, it's just that so many other things that have come before, after whatever, in this kind of style for marketing towards the kids and sending to these festivals, Mm -hmm. I think, other films did a lot better of a job of kind of at least kind of putting a few things in there to hold the adult, adult attention <laughs> yeah, versus, yeah. <laughs> versus this one. And there were some elements of it, but it really wasn't enough to make me go, "Yeah, I'm going to watch this again. Whereas some of that other stuff, like you were talking about, the other film that this kid was in, um, you know, Godzilla's uh, Revenge, Revenge or whatever. Yeah. I love that film and I have a lot of fun with it. And I watch it over and over again, not as much as other Godzilla films, but I don't really want to sit down and watch this one again. Godzilla. So something <laughs> was missing.
1: And you can't make me.
4: <laughs>
3: Godzilla's revenge was so good compared <laughs> to this movie. Oh, like, no question. so Good. And I, I like you, Clancy, I'd love Godzilla's revenge yeah. as well, but this film, I mean, yeah, you can't take away the kiddie aspect of this film at all. There's in fact, I would say, because you said when you mentioned that this doesn't really have anything for adults in it, I would almost say, like, the the movies that I feel had that, we've got to have stuff for kids, we've got to have stuff for adults, are the Godzilla films, right? Like, those straight up are, in the the 60s, they're like, we got to have something for both. And then as you get older, as Godzilla gets older in the series, there's less stuff for the adults, more stuff for the kids. So by the time you hit 1972, and they're like, yep. This is going in the Champion Matsuri. Going to release it during the winter time. We don't need to have anything in here for the adults at all. <laughs> like, the adults will be happy when they see the Champion Matsuri cut of destroy all monsters, and then the kids will be happy with Diagoro versus Goliath. I think anyway. So Gretchen,
5: what did I dislike? What
3: did you not like? Because you no. seem to like a lot about it, even though I it's, thought you it was know, hilarious. Know, <laughs> hilarity is good.
5: I mean, I wouldn't be like this is an awesome kaiju film, but I thought it was hysterical. I mean. I now having watched it twice, I'm good. I'm good.
3: <laughs> I, I'm
5: solid. I'm I'm sorry. Alright, so you
3: don't have any complaints. So
5: my biggest I would say my biggest complaint okay, is yeah. floppy arms and like the ridiculousness <laughs> of like the battle scenes where he's like the Goliath is like trying to SWAT at um Gaigoro and he or Daigoro and he hits him so hard that the arm gets caught on his horn. And it's like a hot minute race trying to figure it out, like get it down. Oh it was, no. <laughs>
3: no. So the the stunt acting, not not your favorite in no. this film. Right on. Okay. Uh Dave. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered what uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what about, uh Dave's um, answer. Did you see the joke?
1: film? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the water closet. Yeah, you know, no,
5: it's like yeah, that was the like, thing. It's like
1: the, the um actually I should probably since since I talked about what I didn't like during the during the like part. To me it was it was hilarious (laughs) that at the beginning (laughs) of the movie you see this giant kaiju outhouse. You know, there. And it just and it does not pay off until the last forty five seconds of the movie. I just where he's just like there, well, you know, just just save the island from that space monster. I'm just going to take a newspaper. I'm going to see you guys in ten minutes. Yeah, you know, it just, I just, I, I, love that.
3: It's just that's really so what the movie was about.
5: I, I mean, just, and the just, environment. Yeah, you know, the it's like that whole thing
3: where they set up a movie in the first ten minutes, and you're like, "Yep, now you know what's going to happen in the end." Yeah, he's you know. he's finally going to do it. He's finally going to go number two.
5: Yes, it was foreshadowing. <laughs> we knew it. it.
1: Yeah, it was foreshadowing. <laughs> that's what it was.
3: Diagoro uh, goes Nibon. <laughs>
1: I'm going to assume from context that I know what you meant, right?
3: Ichiban's number one. Oh, the, oh yeah. okay. There, right, yeah. Ni, yeah. anyway.
1: So yeah, so that um <laughs> that just was so ridiculous. It, yeah, I, I had I had to crack a smile at the end of that one. It was like, oh, this is a. Uh, uh, and actually, you know, one of the other things that I do like about mm-hmm. any film, not just. uh Uh, kaiju or die kaiju films, um, seeing something, uh, I've never seen before.
3: Mm. There you
1: go. I've never seen a giant monster in an outhouse before. (laughs) Truly. So, like, we gotta find that image. So, this, so this, so this gave me something. Yeah. This gave me something.
3: (laughs) All right. All right. The uh, originator of the kaiju bathroom trope. Now it's just up to other people to make more kaiju bathroom jokes
5: with an American W.C. on. Yes, yes, we all know
1: Western style
3: toilets. If you go to (laughs) (laughs)
5: yeah,
1: I mean, there was that scene in Gamma Guardian of the Universe, but that's there's no outhouse in it. It was just poop. So you know. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, yeah true. so it didn't really count.
3: Someone just needs to build an outhouse for the guys. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, all right, so I guess what I'd say, my least favorite aspect of this movie is actually probably the suits. Like, yeah, overall they, they were, were the rough. biggest disappointment. They were that seam
5: busting out though. Just saying.
3: Sure. Yeah, and that's like the seam busting out on a brand new suit made for a brand new <laughs> movie, like. No excuses, Subaraya. Like you might have won me over a little bit with the compositing work, but get somebody that at least fits into the suits. <laughs> like I swear that Goliath was built for a person at least twice as big. as I the think person it was built for an orangutan. Jeez, Dude, like, those, those weird arms? arms and everything like that. There Couple
5: was, elbows. I do several. Elbows.
3: But see, this is I the kind of stuff four. that makes me wish <laughs> that I know who made that suit. Why did they make that suit this way? Is there a story behind that? Because mm. Ill-fitting is the best word I can use to describe how those suits fit. Yeah, it's super floppy, just not good. Anyway, that's what I didn't like the most about the film. It's time for us to go into our final thoughts. Clancy, would you show this to a kaiju newbie?
4: No. No, good call, good call. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I I would not. And I mean, I don't even know at what point I would kind of like suggest breaking this one out. Uh, It would be interesting to see... A kid's perspective on this one. Um, it might be a good introduction film for a younger fan. Although at the same time, there's always, you know, I always kind of go Everything to, else. Uh, yeah, I have way yeah, more yeah. things that I would rather suggest at that point. Um, this one for me is more of like a completest thing or even like this kind of thing, sitting down and having fun with it. And anybody that kind of submitted their homework that we're going to listen to. I mean, that's the best reason, I think. Sure. Yeah. 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 Just to chat about it and have some laughs. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> All right. So
3: uh, any other final thoughts on on Diagoro versus Goliath?
4: You know, honestly, it's short I'm film. actually at a loss for words for once. I mean <laughs> – It's a short film, people. I don't really have much else to add that okay. I haven't said before.
3: Right on. Gretchen, final thoughts and suggesting it to newbies.
5: <laughs> I, I don't know. I would probably take this kind of like a bad movie night kind of thing. Definitely. Not a – here's a good kaiju film. You should check this out.
3: Can I can I amend that for you? How about a bad movie marathon where there this is the go. last one you show yeah. where you're like, people, <laughs> you already go to sleep, no big deal. It's you're all gonna, good.
5: You can miss this.
3: You wake up in the morning and the people who saw it will be like, oh, I should have gone to sleep. <laughs> and you only invite people who like owe you money. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Or you don't like them for some reason. Oh,
5: it was That'd fun be... though. It was fun. No. I mean, there were some really cute, quirky Comedy bits in it that were really funny. All those wonderful little nods that were kind of whoever wrote this was like they really liked films. They really loved kaiju films. You all can right, tell.
3: all right. Well, that's I will accept your answer. Thanks. Okay, Dave. <laughs>
1: nope. <laughs>
3: all right. Nope. Won't show it to anybody.
5: Nope.
1: nope. Nope. Although I gotta say, it's like my appreciation. I don't. Know, this says a lot about me as a person. But now that I that Bambi thing is still rattling around in my head, and it's like I like it about five hundred percent more than I did.
3: Well, you'll have, you have to write an essay for us. <laughs> and I'll, when we, when I... this comes back up in the second iteration of the Daikaiju discussion, <laughs> okay. we'll just be like, don't forget to read Dave's 15-page dissertation <laughs> on Daikoro yeah, versus Goliath. And <laughs> how Matri- I the matricide exactly. in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yes uh we have fun here we have fun don't we so uh i guess what i would say final thoughts is this is not a film made for me like as you mentioned earlier like we're adults and this is not made for adults however that being said like many of the bad movies that we do watch here that we find enjoyable it's pretty much because we have a group of friends to watch them with i absolutely would suggest people watching this (laughs) if they're up for a bad movie with their friends that's the context, and there's it. some other yeah. there's some other qualifiers there, like you know you have to be okay with a bad movie that has subtitles. You have to be okay with the a bad movie that's made for kids. So those kinds of things use that as your criteria when you're choosing who to watch this with. But otherwise, I honestly think it's it's uh it's not a terrible film, but it's not something I ever need to really watch again. Especially now that I've really thoroughly paid attention to it. We've watched it so you don't have to. Right. That, yeah, I just actually, I took a picture while we were watching it of of the screen. I said, how much do we love the listeners? <laughs> this much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
3: uh, that being said... Taking one for the team. Before we get started with the listeners' submissions, I actually found an old email from a listener named Chad and I uh, never responded to it. In 2015, he asked me if I considered these films to be in the Godzilla universe Half Human, H-Man, Battle in Outer Space, The Birth of Japan, Latitude Zero, Daigoro vs. Goliath, The War in Space, and Yamato Takeru, a.k.a. Orochi the Eight-Headed Dragon. And I wanted to actually address that here. I do not consider those to be in the Godzilla universe. Even though um, all of those were made by Toho, I think it's pretty clear in a lot of these films that these films don't sort of cross-pollinate. So you hear a lot of people that are surprised that monsters or aliens or exist or attack. So it sort of makes sense to me that these would be sort of individual stories that aren't part of a larger universe. That being said, Daigoro versus Goreasu did get a few people who wanted to send in their homework. So actually now here's where we're going to start things off with Mike Keller who says this is the second time he's seen Daigoro versus Goliath and he feels that he can best sum it up by describing it as a magnificent testimony to mediocrity. The movie is bad, but not enough so to inspire true hatred, which in a way makes it kind of the worst kind of bad, soulless, lifeless, boring. Not only did Mike just want the thing to hurry up and end, he's having similar thoughts about writing this review. He's finding it a slog to hammer out a few paragraphs without turning his attention to something more interesting or productive. Mike does consider it a curiosity. For one thing, it seems to have been filmed at a weird square aspect ratio that he can't quite figure out. Not only is the movie made for children, it appears to have been made by children. Something like a monster toilet is exactly the sort of silly idea you'd expect kids to come up with. The movie also has an immature attitude towards violence, which kids probably find delightful while adults look on aghast. But Mike is aware that violence in children's entertainment is a definite cultural difference. Be that as it may, this film seemed to treat violence amongst its human characters as a big joke. Are we supposed to laugh at the scene where the alcoholic carpenter gets into an argument with his wife and strikes her in front of an audience of children before his friend hits him back? Why do Daigoro and his mother appear to be different species? Diagoro looks like a cross between a hippopotamus, Doraemon, and an accordion, whereas his mother looks like that dragon suit which used to pop up on Lost in Space mixed with Lady Gaga. Goliath is just a crap monster suit that might have looked better on the drawing board. But what's up with those rock'em sock'em robot arms? How appropriate is it that the film's happy ending is epitomized by Diagoro being able to relieve himself? Kind of equivalent to uh, what the filmmakers just did to our unsuspecting eyes. See, that makes it sound like Mike really hated the movie, and the truth is that he couldn't find the energy to hate it that much. It was just time-consuming. Mike looks forward to better movies about Monster's digestive systems. Herman must apologize to his fellow KaijuCast listeners in advance because he's about to Rachel out on them. Daigoro is so cute! Oh my god, he looks like if you just took the Spectreman villain King Satan and spliced him with the Shmoo. Anybody remember the Hanna-Barbera cartoon? The Shmoo? Adorable! Herman appreciates the gentle, playful tone of the movie, but seeing it for the first time with adult eyes, man, this movie is flippin' weird. The design of the kaiju and the strange tone of the film makes it feel as if Sid and Marty Croft took over Toho and Tsuburaya while high on drugs. Herman never thought he'd see the day where a kaiju uses an outhouse toilet. This film managed to take the already bizarre idea of shooting a kaiju into space, first employed against Gamera, and make it even more psychedelic. Herman's final thought is that he quite enjoyed this film and thinks it's a perfect introduction for a young kaiju newbie in training, oddness aside. Adams says that this kid-friendly monster mash is one of Toho's few Showa-era kaiju flicks that was never released outside Japan, Its exceptionally juvenile approach is in line with other Japanese monster movies of the early 70s, complete with on-screen sing-along lyrics, which will understandably turn off plenty of folks. However, if you're the sort of person who gets a kick out of movies like Gamera vs. Zegra or Godzilla vs. Megalon, this is a colorful good time. The kaiju suits are a bit baggy and rubbery, but are fun to look at, and as opposed to his better-known contemporaries, Daigoro gets a ton of screen time. Daigoro vs. Goliath is a good, funny, family monster movie. If you like old monster movies, you will probably like this. Man, that sounds like you're slighting old monster movies. Michael Deke writes in to say that in 1973, Superia Productions was at the top of the tokusatsu world and it was celebrating its 10-year anniversary. They created such TV series as Fireman, Jumborg Ace, and of course, Ultraman Taro. Then came Daigoro vs. Goliath. For a movie called Daigoro vs. Goliath, you'd expect it to be about two giant monsters duking it out in a major metropolis. But Michael guesses that the filmmakers thought it would be a pretty lame idea. What we got was a pretty lame movie indeed, as there was very little kaiju action in it and a lot of weird things that were unnecessary to the plot. We got a lazy children's movie that is more about donating money to the monster rather than the monster itself. Obviously, this would bore kids out of their mind, unless we're talking about Kanegon, which for the listeners, that is the uh, Ultra Q monster that has a sort of like coin purse face. The kaiju designs are not very creative, and this is coming from the company that is responsible for a variety of weird and interesting monster designs. Daigoro looks nothing like his mother, and instead he looks like Red King made Whoopi with Pegula, and they had a newborn Minya. It's also very unclear why they decided to keep Daigoro alive after his mother decimated Japan. She seemed pretty weak as she was able to be brought down by the military pretty easily, though he wonders if this was in the Ultra Series continuity. Is this what happened between the events of Ultraman and Ultra 7 as there was no Defense Force organization to take care of things? Goliath was okay for the most part, but his design was pretty bland. It was even more idiotic when the characters tried to put a tarp over his horn, and they got the result Mike was expecting. When Daigoro and Goliath eventually fight, the choreography makes the fight between Mina and Gabara look like the Batman Arkham series. This, of course, results in Goliath being taken back into space, Sebo's style. He is curious how the characters were able to toilet train a kaiju. James Rolfe, if you're listening to this, and... Uh, Just an interjection from Kyle here. I don't think he does. Apparently, we have found his movie where a kaiju takes a sht. as he mentioned in his Gamera vs. Jiger review. Overall, Michael was hoping that this would have had the quirky charm and good-hearted nature that Tsuburaya's productions have over various works. But at the end of the day, he's going to have to give this movie one out of five stars. This film disappoints Michael even more, as it was originally supposed to have Godzilla in it, they should have made the Godzilla-Ultraman crossover, as it would have made way more money, and it would have been a better film overall. And there you have it, our Daikaiju discussion for Diagoro versus Goliath, or Goryasu, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, that's going to do it for July's homework. Who wants to know what we're watching in August?
1: I do, I do.
3: <laughs> well, we are definitely... Continuing this train of sadness. Really? Uh (laughs) Our next movie. What have you done? (laughs) Our next movie is called Attack of the Super Monsters. Whoa. And if you have not seen it, that might be more of the trippy thing that Clancy was looking for in Diagoro versus Goliath. So I'll say you have to have your homework turned in by August 24th to be part of the discussion. As it stands right now. You can buy it on DVD, but I don't think it was ever officially released on DVD, so you would be buying a bootleg. Also, I don't know if there is a legitimate Japanese version of Attack of the Super Monsters. It was definitely released in America on VHS tape and I'd all I'm really going to say that th- it's on YouTube, so I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can watch it since it hasn't been, you know, officially released here. Mm now it's a weird one it's a weird one and so uh i'm just gonna say how would i how would i tease this giant monster dinosaur suits animated heroes and mechs
1: sweet Mm. oh this is not the
5: movie that i thought it
3: was no all right well oh
5: what's the japanese name
3: so this isn't actually a movie in japan oh it's technically speaking it's i think four episodes of dinosaur great war eisenborg
5: Whoa, Whoa. what's that?
3: Okay, yeah. So, we're actually, um, just because it's a movie here and not a TV show, we're going to be watching the American cut uh version of this film. Uh, if you watch the Japanese, uh,
5: but as
3: (laughs) this is, I've seen it before and it's nuts. Um, cool. So, I don't want to say too much more now. So, listeners, if you want to get in on this, Make sure you follow the link in the show notes to the YouTube video because please don't spend any money on this. I would feel highly, highly guilty.
0: <laughs> Dang.
3: And like I said, have it turned in, uh, sent in wow. before August 24th to be included in the show notes. That pretty much wraps up discussion stuff. We definitely are going to need the news sounder for this episode.
4: This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan.
3: Okay, so we're starting things off with the Godzilla anime, otherwise known as Godzilla Monster Planet. So I cannot remember if we talked about this before. This actually came out in March earlier this year. But basically, it is going to be a trilogy. So it's not just going to be a singular film. It's going to be a trilogy. If you are interested in learning more about this film, which will be released on Netflix in November, worldwide, apparently. That's exciting. Uh, exciting. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. They've been doing a lot of things. Things have been simulcast a lot more than they have in the past recently. So that's, uh, that's good news for giant monster fans all over the place. I'm very interested to see what happens in this anime film. I mean, have you guys seen the trailer for it, the teaser for I'm it? I've not
5: watched a single no.
3: drop. Interesting. I
5: want to be surprised.
3: I kind of want to take that tack too, but you know, I have seen the single teaser that they did and it wasn't very it, it wasn't spoilery at all. You, In fact, you really only get like a singular static shot of Godzilla at the end. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of in the background, a little bit blurred out. So he kind of looks a little bit like the American Godzilla, the 2014, but made if you made the American Godzilla out of wood.
5: Weird. Hmm.
3: Yeah. So the premise of the film, just as nutshell as I can make it, is that humankind leaves planet Earth. They say we can't deal with all the monsters. They leave planet Earth and they come back eons later to see what's happened to planet Earth. I'm going to guess
1: more monsters.
3: Yeah, I think more cooler monsters. Nice. Now, the only thing that disappoints me about the Godzilla design being reminiscent of the 2014 design, regardless of how much I did or did not like that film, is that I feel like, man, we should be getting something really kind of unique and cool that can only be done in animation. Green. as opposed to something that's going to look exactly like a monster that we've seen on screen. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Regardless, I'm going to be excited because the new Godzilla movie is a new Godzilla movie, regardless of whether <laughs> or not it's live action or animated. True that, baby. So uh, if you want to know more, there are press notes from Toho that are available on Sci-Fi Japan, which I will, of course, link to in the show notes.
4: I will say real quick, too, as somebody that's normally just like avoiding the spoilers and whatnot, I've kind of been having fun actually digging into the background on this one. Yeah. Um, and they're adding little co- cool fun touches on their website and whatnot, character bios and things really? like that. Um, I haven't gone through all the bios yet, but they're in those articles. And, yeah, it looks like they're kind of rolling it out in a cool, fun way. And I'm excited that it's, like you said, coming out everywhere at once or at least close. So
5: Does the artwork look really good?
4: I I'm enjoying what I'm seeing.
3: It looks cool. It's got a total like futuristic sci fi kind of vibe. You know, is everybody's it like, got like their. Is like Attack
5: on Titan type sharpness no. or like.
3: Well, sharpness. Well, well they... Attack on you... Titan is like still very earthbound. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay. So, like, everybody like is wearing stuff that you're going to see on regular people today, except, mm. you know, with weird accessories that bounce them yeah. around like Spider Man. In this film, from what it looks like, people have like space suits.
5: It's not. Oh, that's cool. It's kind of Final Fantasy esque like animation style.
3: It actually, it looks like like I was saying, like they could actually interpret this into a live action film. Totally, totally. If they wanted to, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not going to dive in too much either. uh, Is
1: it cell animation or computer animation?
3: Okay, so it is computer animation. Totally, that's what I was
5: thinking. Final Fantasy
1: looks.
3: Yeah. So, uh, but it's it's computer animation, but it looks like cell animation so oh, sure. uh,
5: okay. so
3: it's like it's done via computer but yeah in the long run it's going to look like a 2d flat interesting image yeah cruel. now this company polygon pictures that's kind of what they do that's their mo and so yeah. i have not watched anything else from them but before november you can almost guarantee i'm going to watch a couple of movies that they've done just because that's what i like to do i like to you know dive in as much as i can without spoiling the movie for me do you know any of those other titles uh, well, yes, I do know some of those titles, Dave. Well, I, thanks I, I, to Dr. Been, Internet here. Yeah. Uh, they have done Ultraman Cosmos versus Ultraman Justice, The Final Battle.
5: Oh. What?
3: Uh, Ultraman Cosmos 2, The Blue Planet, Ghost in the Shell 2, Innocence. <gasps> that was a beautiful film. 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, cool. They've done something called The Sky Crawlers. Higanjima is another film. They've done a Knights of Sidonia movie. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know how to react to that either. I've mm-hmm. never really watched any of this stuff.
0: Yeah.
3: But there you go. I mean, Polygon Pictures, they have the green light to do three movies, which is pretty cool. And again, I cannot remember if we talked about that on the podcast before. Interesting. Uh, moving right along, let's talk about Godzilla 2, starting with legendary stuff, I guess. So Godzilla 2, a.k.a. King of the Monsters, maybe. I'm saying please don't because I don't really <laughs> think that's a fun title. Mm. Uh th- we have a little bit of news. If anybody is in the Atlanta area, they are doing casting calls for new talent for the film. I'm sure you're not going to get a starring role, but you know, if you want to do a walk-on, wear a Kaiju cast t-shirt. Just kidding. I don't think they'd let you do that. <laughs> but um yeah, so basically uh That'd be rad. If you are in the Atlanta area, they're filming now. So I'll have a link in the show notes to the casting call for that. Just in case any listeners want to try their hand at getting into Godzilla two and then subsequently send us information. That, I would, think be, that would be yeah.
5: awesome.
4: So uh, I want to move to Atlanta now. What I thought was the most oh, its really hot there. <laughs> what I thought the most fun about that article was, is that it's, there's a lot of different casting for like soldiers, scientists mm-hmm. and whatnot. And yeah. it's asking for like background in military or police background. And then near the bottom, there's a casting call for a janitor. And it says, you don't have to be a janitor, (laughs) but if you happen to have janitorial experience, Uh go ahead and let us know. It's a bonus. Sure. (laughs) And the subject line for that is broom. So.
5: (laughs) Oh, my Lord.
4: That's awesome. Do you know how to sweep? Yeah, <laughs> it's important. Uh, excuse me, our janitor is
3: not sweeping right. Yeah. That is wrong. This that movie wrong. Doesn't know how get to handle out of here. that broom. Get us a new janitor. <laughs> <laughs> get us someone with experience.
5: Well, I like, get the military thing because you gotta have like people who know how to like have yeah. true reactionary <laughs> abilities. Yeah, whatever. That's too funny.
3: So in continuing and moving along with the, uh, let's try not to be too spoilery. I will warn you all listening that there could potentially be some spoilers here for Godzilla 2 in this next article on Sci-Fi Japan. They have an article called Kong Skull Island Twitter videos tie into Godzilla sequel. And it's actually, in my opinion, kind of cool. They sort of have like a little timeline video that pinpoints little spots of time, essentially, And then they'll have a little tiny bit of information and they're all alluding to monster attacks, nice monster attacks from the past, including things like 1965, which one of my favorite movies is from 1965. So I have hopes that they're going to do something cool with Godzilla two and the addition of the other monsters. So we shall see. But if you're interested in learning that stuff, there will be a link in the show notes to this article of course now who paid attention when san diego comic-con was happening didn't you guys like check out the news clancy yeah
1: i did did. teeny bit
3: teeny bit so there wasn't a lot of godzilla news but there was like a cool kong skull island thing they had with like big giant kong bones and uh i think some crashed military vehicles and stuff like that Not as cool as the Godzilla encounter that happened in 2013, Hmm. which of course I went to, but the, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it was pretty cool. I mean, they, they had some stuff out, but they have a little monarch thing where you could actually, if you find something with the monarch, you can submit it somehow via an app, I'm guessing, Hmm. and get like information back. And they hinted, visually speaking, they hinted at Mothra during, during San Diego Comic Con. That they did.
5: Um, that they but did. But didn't they
1: also in the movie too? In yeah, Swan? no, I was saying, wasn't that
3: they in the credits of yeah. Kong yeah. Skull Island, They did. But uh they actually I want to say with the Mothra one, it was just like a cave drawing, right? Yeah. Well now we have a fancy actual like yes. relief wow. from the cave, and that totally, totally is Mothra. Mothra. Yeah, for, oh, yeah sure. for sure. So um Mothura? and a pretty and
1: a pretty Tohoe interpretation of Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely.
3: Those so uh those those patterns are different, like the, the coloration patterns, the, on the wings, but they're still very Toho like. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I'm very excited to see how that goes. I'm trying, I'm trying to keep an open mind, trying to keep positive about what Legendary is doing, cause I want them to do it right, essentially. So hopefully the next director, Michael, is it Doherty? Mike Doherty.
1: Oh, Doherty's doing it?
3: Yeah. The guy who did. Uh, oh, he's solid. Yeah. But Trick the guy treat. who did Krampus and Trick or Treat, right? Yeah. Do- yeah, yeah. Mike well, he Doherty. Also, and,
1: he, and he wrote a lot of the X Men movies.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. so you know, wrote them. <laughs> wrote. <laughs> I'd say a lot of the X Men movies are pretty good. But then oh, there right? are some that are terrible.
1: Yes, that is true.
3: Uh, anyway, so first look at Mothra. That happened at San Diego Comic Con. Pretty interesting that they that they only showed that. I'm hoping that, you know, since that's not coming out until 2019, we've got a couple more years where they could be doing some more cool stuff. Come on, Legendary. Give me a reason to try and get down to San Diego Comic-Con. That's all I'm saying.
5: I've never been to San Diego Comic-Con.
3: I've been once. It was for that particular year where they did the Godzilla encounter and I was like, "Ah, thank goodness I never need to do this again. (laughs) It's kind of like Diagora versus Goliath. (laughs) I I went once back
1: when it was about comic books. Oh, wow.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, Now the next item I wanted to talk about is uh, something I'm going to spend very little time talking about because I think it represents a really ridiculous thing in modern internet society. Someone like Adam Wingard, the director of Godzilla vs. King Kong that's supposed to come out in 2020, writes a single tweet, and then a bunch of people write an entire freaking article about based around this tweet. It's stupid. Bloggers, you should stop doing that. However, there is a link that I'm going to semi-reluctantly share on the episode notes that shows Adam Wingard, the director, talking about how he's acknowledging that he knows there is a size difference between Kong, even in Skull Island, and Godzilla 2014. And just literally, that's all he says. Like, yes, I'm aware of it, and we're going to figure out how to tackle it or something like that. Entire articles built on this. Wow. Seriously. Seriously. Bloggers cut it out. I, anyway. I, yeah.
4: I, I just want to say, I actually had a really hearty laugh at that, though, because okay. it was like the way some of this was playing out felt like they were acknowledging, like, as if. King Kong and Godzilla were actually going to be showing up on set one day. (laughs) (laughs) And I almost kind of wanted to have this whole scenario where he like, didn't realize like all of a sudden they're like, excuse me, but I did, Kong just showed up and he is kind of a small dude. I don't know exactly what we're gonna do. Yeah. But that's how it's kind of re- reading is like as if somebody get Kong that soapbox so he can stand <laughs> on so they can face off.
1: Godzilla's all, why is Kong's trailer bigger than mine? Yeah, I, yeah, am, yeah. I am through with this. <laughs> Stomps off stage, destroys the craft service table on his way out. Yeah.
3: I mean, I wouldn't blame him. No, I would not blame no, him. You're not <laughs> Anyway, so there you go. I think that's like the one thing, like the biggest complaint that I've heard. It's like, oh, Kong's, because in the movie they say, Kong's young, he's still growing. But like the amount of height he'd need to gain in however many years he has until he's prime. Well, that would be uh, essentially 44 years, 40 years.
4: I'm actually crossing my fingers that in Godzilla 2, there is a shrink ray. And they just bring down (laughs) the size there. Honey,
3: I shrunk the kaiju. (laughs) Yes,
4: exactly. Yes, I'm in. I'm in.
3: You know, speaking of Kong Skull Island, the Blu-ray came out recently, and I feel Uh, like I should share this with the listeners. If you did not know, because I actually tried to find an article about this giveaway, FYE and Suncoast, which are video stores for you kids out there where you can go buy (laughs) movies at a location a physical location. They have a special going on right now where if you buy the Blu-ray, you get a free 24 by 36 inch Yuji Kaida Kong skull Island poster. And it is glorious. It's pretty good. Glorious. So, uh, don't let those brick and mortar shops get away with like, you do not want them throwing those away. They belong in the hands of Godzilla fans. Cause they're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Yuji Kaida, by the way, you can expect an interview with him later on this year from G-Fest, because it was amazing meeting him in person. Moving right along, let's talk about some Ultraman stuff. Yay!
6: Yay. Watch! <laughs> uh,
3: so there is a streaming service that I just learned about called Toku, and they have announced that they will be premiering three of the new Ultra Series titles, which I'm super excited for. I might even try signing up for this service so they have announced three titles that are ultra related and not only just ultra stuff there's a bunch more here too but toku is going to be showing neo ultra q which okay. i have only seen subtitled up till episode four or five i am super super excited for that because i am a huge ultra q fan yeah and neo ultra q is like so you've got your original 1966 show, and then you've got a 1990s show yeah, called... Yeah, the
5: Dark Fantasy. Yeah,
3: Dark Fantasy. That one's awesome. Which is awesome, but at the same time, it's disappointing because it's not as cool as the 1966 it's show.
5: really a departure, but the yeah. new
3: Ultra Q, however, is really, really fun because they're really trying to get the vibe of the 60s show. Nice. But in a modern setting. And I think from the four or five episodes I've seen, they do a fantastic job on it. So... Really looking forward to seeing what comes out of Neo Ultra Q. That is starting August fifteenth, two thousand seventeen, and they're broadcasting it Monday through Friday at seven p.m. Eastern time. So looks like I'll be cutting out of work early so I can. <laughs> just kidding. <coughs> just kidding. And you want
5: to on demand? <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, that should be what they're doing. I thought they were doing that anyway. Uh, also, Dave knows this one: Ultra Galaxy Mega Monster.
1: Really? Yeah, they're going to be showing that 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 show, too. That one's Mm -hmm. great.
3: Yeah, so uh, that's going to be showing starting August 31st, same time slot, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Oh. And then, uh, oh, right after that, August 31st at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, they'll be showing Ultraman Zero, The Chronicles. Now, Ultraman Zero is sort of like the badass Ultraman. He's like, uh, he makes appearances in Ultraman X and Ultraman orb. And I'm sure he's going to be he's showing in up in Geed. So he is it basically, Geed? I'm sorry. It is Gede. It's okay. But that's fine. I mean, I had to actually listen to somebody say it and I uh. was like, okay, now it is. I, I want to say Geed. Yeah. I'm a gift guy. I don't, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Me too. So, <laughs> so anyway, Ain't they're no showing jokes. those. They're, I, I'm excited. I mean, I haven't signed up for a streaming service or whatever this actually is. I, it, I'm going to learn more about Toku, apparently. Well, that sounds swell. It does sound swell, Dave. Thanks. Does it for, have
5: subtitles?
3: I'm assuming it's going to be subtitled and not dubbed.
5: Oh, God. Oh. After that experience.
3: And what... A segue, Gretchen. Well done. <laughs> are you a professional podcaster? Because apparently Winkler Productions, who brought us the two dubbed Ultraman films in the that theater, so which it was bad, but we appreciate you doing it, Winkler, because we would not have really been able to see these movies in a theater otherwise. Why you do
0: subtitles instead? Let's do subtitles for sure, right?
3: They are bringing some more movies, including Mega Monster Battle, Ultra Galaxy the Movie. Okay. which. I gotta say I've seen it subtitled, so I'm, kind I'm of sorry. interested I'm sorry to see to how they do it. <laughs> the Dumb. are crazy. So is, it,
1: is the movie just like an edited down version from a bunch of the episodes of the TV show, or is it a separate thing?
3: Oh no, it's a separate it's, thing. It's a oh, full blown no, movie. Never seen oh, I thought
1: it. you'd it's seen nuts. it. No, oh, yeah. see, I've only it's seen crazy. the TV
3: show. It's crazy. It's the oh, birth of Belial. Or Ultraman Balliol. Or, oh, yeah. well, then I have seen it. Yeah, so that's okay. the movie. But they're going to be showing it in the theater. And if the Hollywood Theater does the same thing that they did last time, yeah, they'll be baby. getting it. Oh, yeah. I want a piece of that. So Dan Halstead, I'm sure you're listening. Just kidding. I don't think he listens. But uh, I hope that oh, we can see these at the, uh, at the Hollywood Theater.
5: But the Ultraman movies I was talking about, we mm-hmm. saw at the Hollywood Theater, that was like the worst Done. dubbing I've ever heard in my whole life. It was staggered and ridiculous. And, was uh, I- oh there for it was the one where do you know Wally Cotton? Um, he's like the donut artist for Voodoo Donuts. No. Oh, Okay, yeah, because he did like um, a bunch of Ultraman like bad guys. And oh, did he? Yeah, it was amazing. Oh wow,
3: yeah, I missed all those. But yeah, so basically they they are terribly dubbed. Oh, I mean, I, I don't want to offend the people who are dubbing this, but basically we said this after no we watched this movie. In dubbing. Is is that uh, they basically they're trying to make it match the words that are being so they're staggering themselves yeah, like, sure.
5: when they're speaking
3: and you can't do that with Japanese so you have to like rewrite it essentially yeah. so that you're trying to make it look like they're actually speaking or you just say screw it and you don't care and you, right. this is exactly what they said but it, or the American translation of what they said and I don't know I don't know what the best way to do that in a modern day setting we'll be talking a little bit about Shin Godzilla later Funimation did a dub for the Blu-ray so I'm looking forward no to way. seeing how they did that oh I think at this point in my life, while I prefer almost entirely, unless we're talking about nostalgic stuff, I prefer watching a subtitled version of these films.
5: Me for sure. I
3: am definitely intrigued by the dubbing process of a modern day film like this. So, uh, you know, Winkler, mm. what I will say is while we gave you a pretty negative grade, pretty low grade on the previous films that you released to the theaters, show us what you got. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be showing Mega Monster Battle, Ultra Galaxy, the movie. Awesome. They will also be showing the sequel, Ultraman Zero, The Revenge of Belial. And then the final one they're showing is Ultraman Saga, which is from 2012 originally. So I don't know exactly what's happening in any of these films except the one that I saw, which is the first Mega Monster Battle. Gotcha. So I will have a link in the show notes to the Sci-Fi Japan article about that. There's still more Ultraman to talk about, you guys. Now, Gretchen, you mentioned Ultraman Jeed earlier. Mm. That is a brand new show that is also being simulcast on Crunchyroll as it is airing in Japan on whatever channel airs it there. So this started on Crunchyroll July 7th. I have watched the preview episode and I started watching the first one. Now, I mean, I loved Orb. I thought Orb was fun and fantastic and really just great. And then the previous series, Ultraman X, was also great if you could ignore the toy aspect of it.
5: There's some of that still. Mm. Sure, I am mean, sure you've got to have the, a, like as they go. What launches the Ultraman? Um, Aspects. So, yeah.
3: I mean, I, I don't own it. that gun up there for nothing. <laughs> that's like <laughs> the Ultraman X gun is there because I, I saw it on nothing TV than, and I was like, than sunglasses. Right. I, went, I want nothing that. Than well, that's in,
5: that's in Geed too. Oh,
3: is it? Oh, All yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to seeing it. A it's geed. A, a Geed. But uh, yeah, I said, generally speaking, it is a weekly show. So, as it's being simulcast, you can watch it at the same time they're watching it in Japan and Crunchyroll has it on demand, so you can watch it at any time. It will be simulcast for 25 weeks on Crunchyroll every Friday evening at 6.30 p.m., starting July 7th. God bless you, Crunchyroll. I know, right? They are really doing the Ultra Fathers work.
5: Well, and they have it all now. You can watch all of these. A lot of them backlog on now if you have a subscription to Crunchyroll. Oh, yeah.
3: They've got a ton of shows. You can watch
5: all the Ultraman stuff.
3: I want to say Ultraman Leo, Ultraman Crunchyroll
1: should be hooking us up because we are doing them a solid by by (laughs) pitching all this stuff to your listeners and everything like that. Yes.
3: I think, I think. I think so, too. They yeah. should just offer all of us like unlimited subscriptions. I think right? so.
1: We would talk about it all the time. <laughs> I would come back for a discussion just about Ultra Stuff on Crunchyroll. That, oh, actually, that
3: would, that would be, be cool. a I've been looking for a good way to... Actually, do a straight up singular Ultraman episode. Look no further, my wow, friend. Wow, that'd be
5: awesome to do. So
3: uh, the Balale
5: storyline is great.
3: Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, so my favorite series, Ultra series, you know, just to digress a little bit. My favorite Ultra series is the first one, 1966, mm. and at that time, you didn't really have to worry about continuity. You know, the, right. there was a formula. You had a little bit of character development with the Science Patrol guys, but you didn't really have very much more than that. Ultraman was essentially The space alien that takes over Hayata's body and then beats the monster. And that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. Going forward though, they started building continuity and storylines into the ultra M78 stuff. And so that's I've really never gotten into those things. And so watching stuff like Orb, where they have like these characters, like juggler i was like who the hell is this guy (laughs) like i don't know how many of these people have showed up before like uh alien knackle and uh all of them yeah i I mean i know they have to have and there are definitely Mm -hmm. some i recognize from the first series and beyond so i'm looking for i mean i enjoy watching this stuff and sort of like learning backwards like who these people are i'll actually break out the old ultraman wiki and look up all <laughs> sorts of stuff as I'm watching the shows. This is so cute because Clancy and Gresham, you guys don't know this, but when I started doing
1: this podcast, I'd be like, "Hey, Kyle, Ultraman," and Kyle be like, "Whatever, it's not Godzilla." And like now he's all like, "Oh, I'm Ult- super in. Ah, yeah. He's yeah. so in, and it's so great. Yeah,
5: like, this is awesome. It's I- definitely no Power Rangers show. I mean that that was my first impression of." Like Ultraman, but now it's like, oh, no. <laughs> no,
3: no. Ultraman is like a million times better than Power Rangers. And oh, the, yeah. So I think honestly what did it for me was that I had no idea how popular Ultraman was. Oh, for yeah. And then yeah. when I found out I – mean, the other aspect of it He's is like – He's the Japanese Doctor Who. Is the yeah, whole reason I don't want to do an Ultraman podcast is because – Oh, that no, is a deep, deep dive. Well, you can slope, you can so. you can
1: dive in here. It's well, in no, much. I can yeah. I can
3: dip my toes in. I got yeah. no problem dipping my toes in. But yeah. like doing an Ultraman specific podcast where somebody covers like everything. Uh, there is an Ultraman podcast out there right now say, called they're the they're Science Patrol, yeah, there and there I think there are even more like Tokusatsu podcasts that I that I even know about. But you know, hey, I can't keep track of everybody.
1: No, sir, I <laughs> am not
3: the Tokusatsu podcast godfather. Although I kind of am, but I just don't <laughs> care about the other kids. Anyway, whatever, whatever <laughs> happened there, I don't know what that joke went away. You got your hands full here. Uh, yeah, I don't mind. I mean, I think what we were going to do last year, because last year was the fiftieth anniversary, I was going to do something cool, really? uh, but then I ran out of time. So this year we'll try and do something cool. Maybe we can fit it into the 2017 schedule. Ooh, that would be awesome. But like uh, in de-
1: in December. I want to be there. I want to be there. My maybe. busy season's
3: coming up, Ben. All right. I don't want to miss it. Well, we got no we no yeah, it. We got it. Yeah. I won't do it in October. I All right. Gotta. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate okay. that a lot. Well, uh, that will
5: give you time to watch the series. Yeah. 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 The series.
3: So, well, well, what we'll probably do is we'll cherry pick a couple of episodes from the series oh, yeah. as they go. And maybe we'll make it a, a multi episodic thing. So I don't fun. know. It's yeah. fun. Anyway, I'm going to stop waving my hands around like crazy and just move on to the next thing, which is, hey, anybody remember the legal troubles that Subaraya is having with companies like Chayo in Thailand? Well, if you haven't been aware of those, you should check out the episode that I did with Brad Warner and actually another one with August Ragoni as well, uh, because both of those episodes dive really deep into all of these legal battles, which is essentially why we haven't gotten a ton of Ultraman stuff released in the States and beyond. It's all because of these copyright issues that are really, really, really old.
1: Lawyers ruin everything, man. Yeah,
3: man. Well, this is actually more about a Taiwanese guy ruining things for Tsuburaya.
1: Taiwanese guys ruin everything, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man.
3: I mean, unless you're – a listener out there and you're Taiwanese. I mean, that's Taiwanese not, guys are awesome, man. <laughs> anyway, there's a whole thing with China right now trying to make their own Ultraman movie. I have not watched everything about this, but it is bizarre, and I would highly suggest if you're interested in this legal battle, you check out the article. At least August Ragoni has an article talking about Tsuburaya speaking out finally about this unauthorized Chinese knockoff film. Which I mean, the image that they have for this—I'm not gonna lie—it's <laughs> kind of a cool-looking Ultraman. So, part of me wishes that they would actually work okay, something out. Okay, yeah. I mean, have you seen the 3D thing that came out like a no. couple of years ago? No, oh, I don't man. think I did.
5: The dancing thing?
3: No, nothing. The dancing thing?
5: What? Oh, yeah. It no. seemed like the weird, like, Ultraman. Like, no. Dead.
3: No, I'm talking, oh. about, I'm talking about awesome I'll stuff. I'll find
5: <laughs> a way to post that to somebody so you can see
3: this. Anyway, there was a all-3D thing that came out, like, CGI thing, I mean, yeah. that came out a couple of years ago, and it sort of was, like, it seemed like it was pimping some amazing Ultraman show that was going to happen July 7th, Okay, and, like or maybe that's all they came out maybe it's called last year. <laughs> no no it's not no it's because it was all cgi and it was actually pretty well done i can't remember if it was 2017 or 16 that it was supposed to come out all i know is i have not seen any more all cgi ultraman anything dave huh. you look amazed so before no, you like, leave well, you no, should like watch my, it
1: well and also my my just like realizing that they're making these they're having these legal battles and they're making these knockoffs and everything it just occurred to me it's like it there's ultra porn out there.
5: Don't. No, I'm just saying.
1: Like, so I'm not, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going
3: like we adult like here. A, yeah, we're not going adult, but I'm podcast. just like, I'm just
1: saying like somewhere out there.
3: There's definitely adult themed tokusatsu production. See, I've
1: never, it's never occurred to me until, oh, no. it's like, this is, I, this is a night of epiphanies for me. It's like for the Bambi thing.
3: And now this, it's like, that's. Well, I'll say the same thing after the movie finished. Wow. You're welcome.
1: All right. You're welcome. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> anyway. Ho- my
1: horizons are expanding, <laughs> I man. like expanding
3: horizons, man, wow. especially if we're talking about giant monster stuff. So I think we're going to move on. If you're interested in seeing that stuff about Tsuburaya uh, and all the legal battles, hit up August Ragoni's website or hit up Sci-Fi Japan's website. They have a Chinese Ultraman movie latest chapter, an ongoing rights dispute article. Both of those will get linked to in the show notes. Let's talk about Shin Godzilla. All right. So uh, bloodydisgusting.com put out an article called Shin Godzilla sequel cannot be made until after 2020. And, you know, it was one of those viral things that hit all the fan websites like the and Olympics? stuff like that. No, actually, I'm guessing it's because Toho has a written agreement, a licensing agreement with Legendary Pictures. Uh, maybe Legendary so. Pictures is doing two more Godzilla films, the last one being Godzilla versus King Kong in 2020. So Shin Godzilla being a live action film, I don't really find it that odd that we're not going to get another live action film, especially since this Godzilla anime is going to be three films. I think that pretty much leads us right up to 2020 very nicely. Let's just hope that those films are good and they keep the momentum going. Mm. They keep the momentum going for Godzilla because I don't want him to get passé again.
4: Well, and I've realized the older that I get, the faster time goes by. right. <laughs> so we'll have two more live action Japanese Godzilla movies before we know it. yeah, yeah, definitely uh, twenty twenty'll be here in like snap of the fingers. I know <laughs>
3: Hey, they all grow up so fast I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh now moving on to more Shin Godzilla news u k listeners, if you have not seen this. Shin Godzilla is finally, finally getting a theatrical release in August of this year. Next month, of course. Uh if you have not been paying attention, they initially had like 40 sites, 40 theaters that were showing it. And it's been bumped up to a hundred. So get out there, check out the link in the show notes, and go see Shin Godzilla. I know several UK listeners who have been like, stop talking about the movie. We haven't seen it yet. Oh, we, no. serious?
1: we seriously have UK listeners?
3: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. We have listeners all around the world, Dave. Really? Yeah, for sure.
1: Oh, man. I gotta yeah. clean up my act. <laughs> no more that. <laughs> Your act ex is business. fine. <laughs>
3: all right. No, it's great. Hello? So uh, I'll have a link in the show notes to Dread Central's post about that. Yeah. Additionally, Shin Godzilla and... Ultraman F, although I kinda don't really know what Ultraman F is, they have both.
1: That's that porn I was
3: talking about. Jesus. Oh, no, it's a, uh, I think it's an, an, it's a manga. Oh. It's a novel. It's a novel. Mm. Sorry, dude. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm over it. That's Ultraman XXX.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, Shin Godzilla and Ultraman F were both recognized in the 48th annual Seiyun Awards. I don't really know what that means, but hey, congratulations, Absolutely. Shin Godzilla. I mean, more awards. They've already won, like, Japanese Academy Awards which are not as awesome and as highly respected as the American Oscars. But, uh, hey, good job. Good job, Higuchi. I, Shin Godzilla. I thought it was great. I still like it. I do still be, Do really people
1: really it. respect the American Oscars anymore? I haven't respected them since Forrest uh, Gump beat uh, Pulp Fiction, personally. Okay. <laughs> That's just me.
3: Den of Geek has a contest happening right now in the UK. You could actually potentially go see Shin Godzilla for free. The contest should be over pretty quickly because the screening will be on August 8th. So make sure you go to the link in the show notes if you want to try and win tickets for that. Moving right along, Shin Godzilla is also being put out on home video here in America on August 1st. So literally in just a few days, Shin Godzilla is going to be dropping. Uh, There is a really cool art show happening in Austin, Texas at Gallery Guzu, which I have actually been to. Matt Frank has some artwork in the show in addition to some other artists. Preston Acevedo, Dan Brereton. I'm a big Brereton man. Kevin Teachin, Tim Doyle, Bob Eggleton. Excellent. Half human, Josh Hoskins, Alexander Icarino. I don't know if I said that right. Hiroshi Kanatani, Timothy Lim, New Flesh, Nick Patera, and Jeff Zorno all have artwork in this show. I saw some photos from it. it that is a absolutely good amazing. Show. Yeah, mm. great lineup there. Uh They have some exclusive stuff happening, too, and they work with Funimation to put this out. So link in the show notes. Hop to it, people, especially if you are in the Austin area. I think that even includes San Antonio. Last but not least, on the Shin Godzilla front, Sci-Fi Japan is actually giving away both a Blu-ray combo pack and a promo poster from Funimation. You can go to sci com to enter. They have all the details there. It involves you emailing them. Forget it. Yeah, I know. It's right. too much work. And this contest runs from right now through August 10th. So you do have time to enter that contest to win Shin Godzilla if you don't feel like paying for it. Perfect oh. way for somebody who hated the film to get it. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. I'm just saying, like, people do hate Shin Godzilla. Why? There are people eh, there are people out there that have their own reasons for hating it, and mm, you know, that's fine. I it's love that film. it's nationalistic. It's I love that uh film. It's overly talky. It's all CGI. There's all sorts of reasons not to love Shin Godzilla. Mm. However, I love Shin Godzilla. Hopefully you love Shin Godzilla too.
5: Do you see the cell phone plushies?
3: Yes, I did. Holy smokes. So the funny thing about the cell phone plushie. Okay, so let me back up a step. They're amazing. Back in, I think last year and this year, Toho actually did April Fool's jokes, which they never do. Like, that is not a thing in Japan. They finally did something. Actually, it's an X Plus Sculpt is what they used for the photo of it. But, like, have you ever seen those giant oversized... What's your phone case look like? Mine, it's, it's mine's normal. Yours is normal. Okay. But, like, <laughs> giant oversized phone cases, like... Lady Kyle has one that's like no face from oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Spirited Away, and it's big. I mean, it's not something you can just shove in your pocket. So I have not seen anyway. These. This thing was like an it X plus Kamada Kun. It? it does kind of, it does right, kind of, but okay. at the same time, like kids today, kids, t- <laughs> thirty year olds today. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they made this uh, April Fool's joke that made it look like this big gigantic X plus style like Kamada Kun, the like first form we see of Shin Godzilla. Is the phone case, and it was hilarious, so funny. In fact, and that everybody so, wanted. That it. everybody wanted it, much uh, like yeah. what happens with uh, uh, that website, the geek website, uh, Think Geek. Think Geek. Oh, yeah. Think Geek. Yeah. So Toho actually made that, but instead of it being like a hard plastic or rubber figure. It's a plush Kamada Kun figure, Aww. and so you it's like I would never get that because you would literally be carrying around a big giant plush. I will totally carry figure. around. Okay. You guys will see Gretchen pictures will, yeah, of me. Gretchen will do it.
5: I will eventually get a hold of this thing. Gretchen
3: totally do it. And you know what? Take photos. Let's let's try this. So before <laughs> Clancy and I went to G Fest, we were joking around about the listeners should come up to you <laughs> and talk to you about how much they love Final Wars. That worked. Oh, yes, it worked. It worked. Swimmingly. People came up to Clancy and actually talked to him about Final Wars, and it was hilariously awesome. So,
4: Well, I was just going to say, from the beginning of the convention to one day after the convention (laughs) at (laughs) 9 o'clock at night in the security line leaving Chicago. (laughs)
1: Wow.
4: I crossed paths with a That is
1: commitment to a gag.
4: And they – Stop me and had a conversation about that. Fun. Is never
3: that is, before have I been able to say something
4: bit. and have people do it.
3: <laughs>
6: My god, hilarious.
3: the power at your fingertips is staggering. I can feel it crackling <laughs> off the ends. Yes, it was a lot of fun. anyway. So, what I'm gonna say is, like, you know, Gretchen's a barista. Maybe somebody should buy the Kamada Kun phone case for her so she yes. can really impress all her customers. Yes. I think they all right. We'll I will see. take
5: photos, people. I will do this.
3: <laughs> and then when you don't buy this, I'll be sorely disappointed right. in you all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was a funny idea to do. so, <laughs> But it's a cool little thing. I mean, they've got a lot. That Kamada Kun uh, has been everywhere that people. Love it. It's, it's like the little Godzilla of today.
5: Well, and then there was the red one, like, yeah, which was crazy pants.
3: shinigawa kun.
5: Yeah, the Sega crane game. Was it Sega put it out, or I wasn't sure if like you could only find them at the Sega, like, oh. crane game stuff.
3: That, uh, yeah. No, no, that one, the crane, the crane thing. That wasn't actually a crane toy though. Oh, okay. They just did a lottery for that, but those are cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's all sorts of crazy stuff that comes out for all of these things, especially if something like Kamata kun is latching on to the public consciousness there and people mm. are like, need more Kamata kun stuff. <laughs> so there's all sorts of plushes you can get. There's an oven mitt. I'm not kidding. They're, they're like, the they're kawaii. So back in the Millennium series, I honestly was like, man, what is Toho's problem? Why aren't they putting out a ton of merchandise every time a movie comes out? Sure. Well, they must have listened to me because now <laughs> it's like an onslaught. If someone was like, I'm going to collect everything, I'm not going to collect every Godzilla thing because that's crazy. I'll just collect every Shin Godzilla <laughs> As we look thing. around <laughs> his
5: place, just so you know.
1: Yeah, the irony for the people, for people listening, the irony of that statement is, is delicious.
3: Yes, especially since I just have a small sliver of what is available True out that. there. Pretty amazing. Yeah. My small sliver is, is, I love it. But anyway, so yes, all the Shin Godzilla stuff that has come out for ever since the movie came out and became popular. It's insane. So many things. Anyway, uh, I think that we only have one thing left to talk about for the news. Holy crap. That is that Bandai is brushing off the dust from their thing maker, and they are making what? Gyra and Sanda in six-inch form.
0: Wow.
1: Really?
3: Yeah, really. They're going to be web exclusives, but still I'm assuming you'll be able to get these figures when they are finally unleashed.
1: Do you know when those uh, do you know when those bad boys
3: are coming out? I do. Uh, according to the Bandai website, they should be scheduled for shipment October of 2017, but Wait, this October? Yes, this oh October. God. That's going to do it. The only other thing I will say news-wise, uh, we're not going to cover anything. There's no links for you to click, is that Wonder Festival happened literally earlier today, just in Japan. Mm. And uh, every time there is a Wonder Festival, a slew of awesome things get photographed and then posted online. And so the drooling should commence now.
6: <laughs>
3: uh, let's go ahead and move along to catastrophic events. Which I don't have a sounder for, but it still sounds cool. <laughs> All right. So there's not really a lot of catastrophic events to cover. The first thing and the most important thing to me is that you go to Japan World Heroes in Pasadena, California from August 26th through the 27th. You might have heard me talking to Scott Zillner on the last episode of the Kaiju Cast about this convention. I think it's going to be awesome. They have so, so many guests that will be there, including Ben Furuya, who played the original Ultraman, Noburo Kaneko, who plays the Red Gow Ranger, if I'm saying that right, and also he was in Tokyo SOS. They will be having a ton of other people, including some artists, Matt Frank, Jeff Zorno will be there, the guy who was in the Gamma suit from 1999, the dude who was the motion capture. Guy for Godzilla 2014 will be there, too. It's going to be insane. You know who else is going to be there? You. Me. I will be there tabling, actually. So, uh, you know, I'll be trying to recuperate the cost of being down at the show. So, you know, come over, talk to me about Godzilla, and buy some awesome Godzilla prints that I'm going to be selling. That all happens August 26th through the 27th. I will have a link in the show notes to the Japan World Hero website and if you follow the links in the last episode, there's a whole lot of other stuff about what they'll be doing at that show. Please come out and see me and the rest of those people. Uh The other show I have to talk about is October 20th through the 22nd. Grand Rapids Comic Con will be bringing Haruo Nakajima and Tsutomu Kitagawa to their convention. Wow. Yeah, so pretty good news for anybody who wants to meet those two actors. I mean, Kitagawa, I'm actually dying to have a good conversation with him someday, He was in an episode where I uh, interviewed both him and Shinichi Wakasa to uh, talk about making Godzilla come to life. And so I've never really been able to sit down and talk with Kitagawa about his entire career, really. So maybe someday I'll get to one of those shows. That is going to do it for the catastrophic events. I think it's time to move on to a couple of housekeeping things. So first and foremost, we moved to a new web host earlier this year. And I haven't really talked about how awesome that has been one of the reasons that is, is because I have not been focusing too much on the KaijuCast website. I'm hoping to do some cool stuff in the near future, like, uh, install a wiki so we can start making some cool Ooh. posts about movies, about episodes, et cetera. It's going to be an organic living, breathing website, I think. Uh, anyway, but the, the real reason I wanted to bring this up is because previously we've only had 50 episodes up on iTunes. Now, I do not necessarily suggest that you go do this, but every single Kaiju cast episode is now available in the RSS syndication. So it's too much. It's, it's it too is much. too much. It's Plus, too much goodness. People. I can't don't suggest it. anybody go back and listen to episode one through, let's say 12. I mean, they're basically <laughs> oh, a lot like of a ch- episodes. Like a challenge to me. It's a lot of episodes where I was really trying to figure out where the Kaiju cast was going. So, I mean, you're going to hear a lot of weird mistakes, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, and, and then I, then later on, when I started editing the show more heavily, I think I edited it way too much, and there's was like a lot, of, a lot of really fast talking that wasn't really fast when it was being recorded. So I, I, I'm not saying go back and get them, but for the people who've been like, hey, did you cover Biollante? And we did that back in like 2012, I, I think. Uh, yes, it's there. You can now find it. So hopefully... That will satisfy your curiosity enough to listen to one or two and then go, I'm better off with the new stuff. I'm better off with the new stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, that is that. Um, there's a a negative thing I have to bring up. Unfortunately, this is a retraction. This is a pretty heavy retraction. Uh, who here in the room is familiar with Ayame Chiba? Because unfortunately we have, we have utilized what was considered to be Ayame Chiba's knowledge on lots of things which would be like japanese culture and japanese culture and women's studies and uh, all sorts of stuff Ayame chiba was a name that really became popular and people were listening to what this person was saying but uh it has recently come to light that Ayame chiba is not a real person
1: what
3: yeah, and it's, um, you know, it's not but something But we're that, Facebook <laughs> friends. I know. How can this be? Yeah, people aren't always what they seem on the internet, Dave. <sighs> now, the real reason I'm bringing this up is because I feel like the Kaiju cast does actually have a responsibility to fans in the future who might look at the Kaiju cast for research information. So... It's not going to happen quickly, but I am going to go back into those episodes where Ayame Chiba information was shared and I will be editing that out of those episodes and re-uploading that because as someone who values real research, I feel like there was a huge lie basically and so even is though the research the, is, research the research is wrong well even That's though what i was gonna say it might be wrong it might be right but some of the research is just based on a lie so for example this person is actually not i'm not even going to really use their real name but they're not a, a female japanese person who lived in kyoto and knows a lot about these movies they might know a lot about these movies right. which doesn't invalidate the the actual research but because they tied it to a persona that does not exist they have essentially catfished the kaiju community for no real reason that's a yeah that's
1: a that's a lot of effort for
3: it is a lot of effort yeah Yeah. and i don't understand it and i don't want to understand it okay all i'm gonna say is that people should be skeptical when they see that name attached to anything well i feel dirty now it's unfortunate right The thing that really kicked it off for me, which was I had some suspicions, as Gretchen is aware, that Ayame Chiba might not be a real person, but we didn't know what the deal was. And so I was trying to be like, well, let's have a wait and see approach. Uh, A book came out and Ayame Chiba, quotation marks included, has an article in that book. And that (laughs) was the thing that made, I mean, I'm sure that might have been the thing that set off the... Investigative launch into uh, figuring out who this person what is was. The
1: possible end game
3: for something. I like could this. not say. But if you're really interested in finding out more information, there is an exhaustive thread on the Facebook Monsterland. Awesome. I, mean, I mean, some
5: some things get kind of ugly and just to warn warm. Well, I mean, like, like you're, you're,
3: you're yeah, getting you're awesome.
1: getting published in a book. You're getting quoted on this international <laughs> podcast and in G Fan too. Why would you, you? Why would you not want? credit for that it's the person that you after this is just
3: bizarre it's totally bizarre so i don't want to spend too much time talking about it because it's a pretty negative thing and i'm not happy that i'm gonna but i am gonna go back and i'm gonna edit those episodes because i think that uh there should be integrity in the research that people do that that someone should have integrity when they're doing research but that like if i say something happened i want it to be true because we have that ish, that episode about women in, in kaiju films, and yeah, the interest, Ayame Chiba in quotation marks yeah. provided some information that I pretty much read verbatim.
5: Yeah, or if, Rachel did,
3: or whatever. But yeah. like, okay. still, we read verbatim. Devil's
1: Advocate. Devil, what if you went back and at the beginning of each one of those episodes, you recorded a little like disclaimer. Disclaimer. I mean, because I mean, the, the the see, I hate the on the subject of sort of censorship and and whitewashing history. I'm right. not a, I'm not a fan of those things mm-hmm. personally. Um And you know, could I mean, do you think that you could sort of keep the journal intact, mm-hmm. but at the same token, let every let future listeners know that? Maybe, I mean, it's, I, it's maybe. I'm just I'm throwing that out as an option. Sure, and I appreciate I, that, that. Is that is how I would handle it, it personally.
3: Would, now, OK, so everybody who's listening to the podcast and is also pays attention to what I'm doing in real life, like a lot of people know that I just came off a big, long stint of being a, a producer on another couple of podcasts. Yeah. Then I just quit those jobs, essentially. And now the Kaiju cast is really the only thing I have to do. And so I want to put more pride back into I mean, not that I have less pride in You get a the kaiju lot of cast, pride in this man, but Don't basically I pride. wanna I wanna start putting more effort back. We're gonna start doing more commentaries, we're gonna start doing more special episodes, we're gonna do some more giveaways and stuff, we're gonna get this kaiju cast back on track that includes Making it a more scholarly podcast in the future for the next iteration of Daikaiju discussions. So you're saying this is my last podcast? <laughs> no, because we still want it to be fun, Dave. Oh, God yeah. bless you. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm I, the comic relief. I, I'm just that's literally what you just wanted me to say. I know it. I know it's true. It's so true. <laughs> anyway, the deal the deal is I just I feel bad. Perpetuating that information, putting that out that information out there into the, into the mm-hmm. public, yeah. and to be perfectly honest, I don't think anything was so integrated into the discussion that it would be difficult to just cut out.
5: Well, but if it is, but some but of the information, is. like um, for instance, what we use for the Idris conversation, mm-hmm. like a lot of that was tied into what we discussed. So, I mean, I feel like the the research is valid, right? And honestly, I don't care, but. <laughs> I'm, at first, I was like, I had a reactionary moment of like, holy s. And then, I mean, sorry.
3: I'll believe it. Thank <laughs> it's you. cool.
5: But, um, it, afterwards, I've kind of come to this like conclusion that it's like, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I understand why it does matter to certain, um, kaiju fans. It matters like, to
3: me because I like to research this stuff sure. myself, right? And so if, but all I of thought a the info was that,
5: valid, is what I was saying though. Right. But not the, maybe not the way that comes about it. It's sure, like the, sure. I mean, as a woman in Kaiju interests and I mean, like I, there isn't a whole lot of gals out there. No. Yeah. And so when you, you kind of bond with those people.
3: It sucks, right? Anyway, so the deal is I'm not exactly sure how that's going to go. It is a bummer and um, it is um, upsetting, especially is, for somebody who upsetting. likes to take a lot of, uh, like I said, pride in the podcast. And I, I don't like, sharing misinformation or alternative facts as it might be. Um, and while the research might be valid because a lot of that research, because a lot of that storytelling, I'm just going to say was tied up in the persona of some shrine maiden that does not actually exist. Mm. It makes me upset for people who want to do research on this stuff in the future.
5: And also makes people suspicious. Sure. I mean, yeah. We, we should, can talk about this in private.
3: Yeah, we should wrap this up. So anyway, that's the that's the negative housekeeping thing. I'll, and now I'll try and bring it up and say, uh, you know, all that pride that I do feel for the Kaiju cast, the way I want to keep the Kaiju cast good and make it better in the near future. That's not going to change. And that's why I want to thank, once again, the G-Fest committee that gave me a Hall of Fame award. It really... I mean, it made me very happy. G-Fest was an amazing show. I was telling Lady Kyle about it when I came back. And basically, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it right now. Again... But it sort of reinforced my decisions on what I want the Kaiju cast to be. And I had a lot of people come up and tell me some really amazing things about being listeners to the show. Awesome! You guys out there are really why I do this. I don't do this just for some self-serving idiotic reason. I like sharing the information and I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. And I'm going to keep doing this as long as I can. So... That is all I have for housekeeping for real. If you want to submit your (laughs) your thoughts, questions, and reviews for the next film, Attack of the Super Monsters, make sure to do that before August 24th uh, to have your homework uh, included in the Daikaiju discussion. I have kept these guys here for a long, long time. So we're going to end it on an awesome song. We're going to play something from the Garamones. I'm wearing the Garamones t-shirt. We're going to listen to the Garamones and cool. we'll see you next month, very soon, actually, for a very special interview with Shinji Higuchi. Ja,また.
7: One, two, three. <laughs> 近く